Good morning, everyone. I hope uh, everyone can hear me well. Um, so this morning, we are continuing our series on the whole counsel of God. And, uh, you know, we've been through that entire journey right from Genesis. We've been going through the various uh, chapters. We've been looking at the various stories. We're looking at, uh, we've been seeing from the foundational books. We've been seeing uh, right from the historic books, uh, Judges. Uh, we looked at uh, God being King, David and Goliath, you know, uh, David's uh, confrontation and uh, his confession uh, with sin. Um, also, we looked at uh, you know the suffering and faith uh, from uh, Job and uh, how the wise and foolish uh, foolishness of uh, Solomon. And uh, we kept going and uh, we came to Elijah and uh, syncretism, right, on being on the fence, neither here nor there. Uh, and then uh, last couple of weeks, we've been looking at Isaiah and uh, you know from Isaiah. What we understood was um, was that uh, God is holy, right? We looked at the holiness of God and about the suffering servant. And today we're going to look at Micah. And uh, from Micah, we're going to look at judgment and salvation. And you know, Micah, as uh, Kevin was reading, you know, it, there's a bit of uh, uh, it's a bit of a tongue twister. It, it's poetic. It goes on, goes um, the change of the speech changes here and there. Um, so it's it's a wonderful book to to study. Uh, it's also um, uh, rich in history and prophecy. Uh, and who is who is Micah? Right, Micah is uh, comes from Morashit. Right, he comes from. Uh, in, if you look at the map, uh, yeah, in the map you see Jerusalem. It's in the southwest of uh, Jerusalem, and it was farmland. Right, very rich farmland. So he's mostly either a farmer or he's a shepherd. He's basically you can say a nobody, right? Because Many of the prophets, you see some lineage and the son off and all of that. But here there's no son off. You look at the first verse, it just says, uh, the word of Lord came to Micah of Morashet in the days of, and it confirms when his time period, right? It was in between the kings of Jotham, Ahaz and Hezekiah in the southern kingdom. And in the north, he had few other prophets who was Hosea and Amos, right? And uh, Isaiah was also his contemporary. So if you look at the next slide, you'll see how that kind of pans out. And uh, this is a bit, uh, um, I, I thank uh, one of the brothers from, from our church for putting this slide together. Uh, it's a very good resource. Uh, and here you see that uh, uh, along uh, with Micah, you see Isaiah also prophesying. And Isaiah and Micah are prophesying in the south, right? And we have Amos and Hosea in the, in the north. And they are prophesying in the north to the northern kingdom. And while Micah is prophesying, he is uh, prophesying against the northern kingdom as well in a small portion and then his focus completely changed changes to the southern kingdom of judah and uh, as he is doing that in 722 bc we see that the assyrian empire comes and uh, takes the northern kingdom uh, into exile and kind of uh, distributes them and disperses them across their nation and uh, we see here, uh, so let's get into the text. Maybe we can get in, and, and uh, before we get into the text, just the previous slide one more time. Um, we see also historically, as Micah completes his prophecy, there are years that pass. It's about 167 years from the time uh, that uh, Assyria falls to when Babylon comes and takes over the kingdom of Judah. So we'll be kind of looking at bits and pieces of that as we go. Okay, so first verse, uh, we you know, it goes through a bit of cycles. Um, 
the first the, and when you look at these three cycles of judgment and salvation or judgment and redemption you'll you'll hear the word here and that's where it starts so the first section is in micah chapter 1 you'll see the word here and it refers to the kingdom of israel and kingdom of judah the second will come uh, in uh, micah chapter 3 it says here now o heads of jacob and then in micah chapter 6 it talks about uh, israel his people right it becomes a bit more personal we'll get into that okay so the micah chapter 1 verse 1 and um, we all understand the political setting we know that the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom is there they're both deeply rooted in idolatry and uh, accepting foreign gods and the northern kingdom was more um, evil right because in the northern kingdom there were there were 19 kings and those 19 kings were all evil not a single king was was uh, was a good king and each uh, there were nine dynasties you know each dynasty shifted when somebody would come and kill the king and all his family and take over so so there it was a very uh, violent land the north much more than the south right but the south was one family it kind of continued and uh, the family of david it kind of kept continuing and uh, uh, they had uh, eight good kings eight good kings out of out of 20 which is i think a good average right and then people of judah would have thought oh you know we are a little bit little bit more holier than the north uh, possibly right okay so in micah chapter 1 verse 1 we'll see in the second part it says uh, where micah is calling out he saw concerning samaria and jerusalem so we need to keep this in mind samaria and jerusalem these are what's being called out in the first one samaria was the capital of the northern kingdom of israel and jerusalem was the capital of the southern kingdom and verse 2 it says Again, it continues that say, let the Lord God be witness against you. So Lord God is a witness against them. He saw something concerning them. So what is this concern we are going to look at, right? And, and that's in verse 5. In verse 5, it says, what is the transgression of Jacob? Is it not Samaria? So the transgression of Israel is centered more towards Samaria. What is that in Samaria that they're talking about? What are the high places of Judah? Are they not jerusalem so high places right so the so we're going towards the point of high places so these high places are not you know beautiful scenic uh, mountain tops so it's not um, military strategic places it's um places of worship places of worship towards their pagan gods and these high places if you if you read kings you'll see uh the kings or uh, the good kings who come would would remove the high places or the kings who were evil never they never removed the high places that's what would be stated right and then verse 6 it says specifically about samaria samaria therefore i will make samaria a heap of ruins in the field a heap of ruins the next part says i will pour down her stones into the valley i will uncover her foundations and here you know i've noted down here you know both of them there is a judgment placed on them and in 722 bc the assyrian empire takes the 10 tribes and disperses them in the in the kingdom of assyria and they're kind of lost right and uh and in the, the judgment on on judah the babylonian empire would come later under nebuchadnezzar and they would take uh the entire uh babylonian kingdom over uh, the entire uh, kingdom of judah in portions uh into exile into babylonia at least they were not dispersed but they would be in babylonia right and uh the, what is the reason for this sin we'll, we'll look at that in verse 7 it says this verse 7 says all her carved images shall be beaten to pieces and all 
um, her pay as a harlot shall be burnt with fire. All her idols I will lay desolate. Idolatry. Idolatry is the first sin, right? And and uh, they, they not only looked at idolatry, but also it spread across on, uh, you know, when you look at idolatry, it is putting your faith in idols, in, in something else apart from God. And they continued that in Micah 5, 10 to 14, where they put their trust in, in horses, fortified cities, prophets, holy men, uh, pillared palaces of worship, as it is called, right? Their faith was not solely on God. And Judah, you know, in the South is like, this is their problem. You know, we are not like them. We, we are very special. We are different. Jerusalem is with us, right? Uh, the temple is with us. But uh, in verse 9, you know that that plague or that wounds, that infestation, which is there in the north, north is, is spreading. And in verse 9, it says, for her wounds, for Samaria's wounds are incurable, for it has come to Judah. It has come to the gate of my people, to Jerusalem. And this is where there is judgment even on Judah and Jerusalem. And you know, uh, we 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 uh, we always think that you know we are we could be special, we could be different, and you know this will not concern us. But uh, I think we should be on our guard, and we should know that uh, idolatry and sin is there, uh, and we should be careful about that. And then, what is the second sin? The second sin is against social injustice, and this is a thread which is common in uh, in Amos and Isaiah and Hosea and other other uh, prophets of that of that time. And uh, that's in uh, Micah two verse one and two. And you know, this is about the 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 leaders or the evil doers in that in the nation of Judah, who are working out in in verse two verse uh, uh, sorry chapter two verse one, and they work out evil in their beds. In the morning light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hand. You know, you know, there's this term called premeditated murder, murder, where you're planning it, you're scheming it, and then you go and execute it. That's exactly what they did. You know, it's not like, you know, it's just that that it happened, right? But they are scheming these things in their mind, and then they go and practice it. And they, what are they doing? They're oppressing the poor. Verse two, they covet the fields and take them by violence. Also houses and seize them and they oppress a man and his house a man and his inheritance and you know what's uh, what's amazing is in numbers 36 it is clearly told you know when 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 those when the land is allotted to the 12 tribes it is clearly told to them that this is your land take care of it right and even they they suggest and uh, tell the daughters of the tribe to marry within the tribe so that the land doesn't go out of the tribe and this is in Numbers 36, verse 1 to 12. I'll just read verse 7 for some context. So the inheritance of the children of Israel shall not change hands from tribe to tribe. For every one of the children of Israel shall keep the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. So it was very clear that they should keep it within themselves, within each tribe. But here we see people trying to grab land, trying to take land out of uh, somebody else's uh, possession. And you know, the Lord is not silent against this. And in verse 3, he says, Therefore, thus says the Lord, against this family, I am devising disaster. Can you see how, uh, how our Lord is contact, uh, connecting that? You know, they are devising plans to take over land. And our Lord is also devising plans to punish them for, in the same very way. He is also devising, land, uh, devising a plan of, of disaster to take them out of the land they are so greedy about. And you know, from which you cannot remove your necks. You cannot remove your necks. You know, you can run, we can walk proudly and we can think, oh, you know, nothing will happen to us. You know, God will not touch us. But 
we can we can, we should be we should be aware that god is aware of everything that happens and he is a god who is who asks account for everything that happens in our life and the third one is a, a sin of false prophecy and that this is in verse 6 micah 2 verse 6 and here this is an even bigger sin right because if you look at this um in verse 6 he says do not prattle you say to those who prophesy people are telling to to, to micah and the prophets you know keep quiet enough of your prophecy we don't want to hear it so they shall not prophesy to you they shall not return insult for insult you know in the niv it says uh, that they're telling the prophets do not prophesy about these things disgrace shall not overtake us disgrace will not overtake us you know we are the children of god we are the children of abraham we are holy don't preach to us and this is just not micah who calls it out even in in amos uh, 5 10 uh, it says they hate the one who upholds justice they detest the one who tells the truth you know anyone who speaks truth into their lives they don't want to hear it they don't like them and maybe that's true about us as well right if, if anyone is speaking truth into our life who, who is calling out something calling out a sin in our life are we pushing them away are we saying no i don't want to hear it do we only want encouragement do we not want others to ask us how we're doing in our in our life in our sin in in amos uh, 2 12 in the nlt i'll read it from the nlt but you cause the nazarites to sin by making them drink wine and you commanded the prophets remember the prophets are speaking god's word and he's a representative of god and this is what they are telling the prophets you commanded the prophets to shut up in isaiah 30 10 this is a rebellious people lying children children who will not hear the law of the lord who say to the seers do not see don't see our sin to the prophets do not prophesy us right things isaiah amos all of them are around the same time and they're all calling out this sin where people don't want to hear the truth but what is in the last part of isaiah 30 10 it's even more weird the weird what they want speak to us smooth things prophesy deceits tell us lies you know even if it's a lie just tell us you know we're doing good you know they, they want uh, a message of prosperity they want messages of um wellness good life they don't want to be called out on their sin right for them what was their their, their greatest the greatest uh, misconception was that they were descendants of abraham hence they didn't do not need to be preached to they were they were closer to god right they were god's chosen people they did not need any tough message they did not need anyone to tell them how they're doing how bad they're doing we are special that was their assumption right and they thought they knew better than god they knew better than the prophet micah they knew better than all the other prophets of that time and why is that because you know they went periodically to the to the to, to the synagogue they followed the sabbath they gave their tithe they gave their offering they were born uh, jewish uh, and their assumption was faith is genetic you know my father's i am of this father's house i am of this tribe so i have a special standing right and and they felt that they go to the temple and they uh, do a sacrifice so what you know they they are coming from a point of the superficial religiosity right it's very superficial they feel they're very religious you know are we 
also following this kind of superficial religiosity are we being just externally religious no we may we may think that we are born in a christian family right we uh, we have a certain heritage you know four generations of brother and family and you know um we we are we we know we know all the doctrine you know we all, we know everything we when someone asks us uh, about uh, anything we know which verses to quote we know uh, how to how to state how we have been saved right we have prayed that prayer of repentance hence you know i'm secure uh, i go to cbf i go to a good church i learn a lot of good things i'm giving my offering uh, i go every week um, uh, I, you know don't, don't worry about what happens during the week you know, you know that's between me and god but you know i i come every sunday i'm i'm regular uh, i'm i'm listening to the word and and i and we think that you know uh, sunday is like a control or delete right you know to to delete and purge everything and start fresh but that's not what god wants god wants us uh, he's not giving us a hall pass he's he's not saying you know you can just do what you want you know because my grace is over you he wants us to truly love him and truly follow him in every step of the way and you know the second sin uh, which they committed by questioning god is rejecting god's wo- god's voice rejecting his people rejecting his message you know many times we may think you know oh that preacher i'll take a break you know i don't feel that 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 presence of god from that preacher you know the words he uses is not really too much to you know the the greekness of it is not greekish greek enough uh we may you know lord will use different people to share his message will 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 touch our hearts if we truly sit and listen if we try and listen i agree that you know if someone is going completely off in and doctor uh, in 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 terms of doctrine or the message and they will be corrected right the elders are there to protect and do that and um you know um those who are chosen to preach have been chosen for a purpose and i'm sure god is leading them so uh, you know we should not ever think that you know uh, we should not have a list of favorite preachers and a list of peach preachers who we don't want to listen to right unless we have a a, a real uh, reason for it so god will speak through various people god will speak through various people into your life even on a one on one basis if you allow it if you allow them to you know uh, prophesy to you correct you speak into your life you know listen to them because god may use various avenues to hear to send his voice to you and you know when we are doing all this are we really testing god's patience right we 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 are seeing that you know god is very patient you know so far nothing has happened to me so i think i'm good um i think you know god is not uh, god is concentrating on somebody else i can get away with all this but you know what we are doing we are storing up wrath in heaven because of what we are doing in romans 2 4 and 5 it talks about uh you know do you despise the riches of his goodness forbearance and long suffering not knowing that the goodness of god leads you to repentance you know that pause that wait that god is waiting on you is for you to repent that forbearance and good suff- good goodness and long suffering is giving us a chance to repent and he wants us to repent verse 5 and in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent penitent heart you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of god this is there is a righteous judgment coming for each one of us right and this righteous judgment is is meant for everyone who is who who are sinners all of us are sinners right but in revelation 20 2015 it says if anyone 
his name is not found in the book of life he is thrown into the lake of fire brothers and sisters if we are truly if we truly do not know our lord and jesus christ as our savior if we truly do not know him we do not have eternal life we will be putting ourselves into eternal damnation we'll read about this and learn about this little more when we come to the restoration and you know believers children of god we may think oh you know what grace of god is with me right i'm i'm good but in hebrews 12 4 and 6 it talks about our struggle with sin in our struggle with sin have we not yet resisted to the point of shedding your you you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood have we resisted enough have we resisted sin enough can we truly say that we have or are we taking it casually verse 5 the second part it says my son do not make light of lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the lord disciplines and disciplines the one he loves and he chastises everyone he accepts as his son you know as his as his children as his son we will be corrected we will face punishment and discipline from our lord right and that could be in various forms we have learned that and we won't get into that now but you know when we look at that we should look at how even in the new testament there is this point with jesus raises about superficial religiosity are we just being religious on the outside right and he is calling out the scribes and pharisees here right in matthew 23:27 he says woe to you scribes and pharisees you hypocrites you are like whitewashed tombs you know i'll just pause there whitewashed tombs you know a, a grave tomb looks so pretty on the outside granite marble all painted and looks beautiful and that's what he's comparing the pharisees and the scribes to you know it, it's really uh, condemning them because on the inside what is there there is death there is decay and that, and and you know he's saying that you know on the outside you act all pious and holy but on the inside you are full of sin and hypocrisy i pray that this is not challenged of us of challenged of me or anyone here right so um you know let's let's clean uh, in in matthew 23 26 talks about clean the inside of your dishes right we should truly be restored from inside so that brings us to the restoration and that is in micah 2:12 in micah 2:12 we can look at how um how how we are being restored into this salvation which is there and that is uh, i'll just read just just concentrate on those first three sentences and remember um this is about uh, um judah being taken away and this is to judah and judah is being taken away to babylon and uh, they will be um sorry my power is gone um and 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 they are they are uh, going to be um uh, taken to babylonia right and uh, what is that restoration right in micah chapter 2 verse 12 it says the future salvation is uh, you know uh, the future salvation is for the remnant right it's not for all jews you know they they think that it is for everyone right so in verse 12 it says i will surely assemble all of you o jacob i will surely gather the remnant of israel he is going to gather the remnant of israel what is a remnant right remnant is when you uh, when you when you take uh, take a large majority and you kind of sieve through it the quality which remains the 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 righteous remaining portion is what is the remnant right you know what what they felt is because we are 
uh, we are part of this king, part of this family. We are we are good. There's there's nothing that can touch us. But what what was called out about uh, Israel in terms of their restoration, right? It's in in Deuteronomy six four. It said, "Hear, O Lord, the Lord our God, Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength." Were they doing that? They were not loving the Lord with all their heart and strength and soul. They were they were looking at idols. They were uh, they were um, doing social oppression, and uh, they were they were cursing the prophets who were talking to them. And uh, you know, it's a conditional covenant. Right? In verse 6, it says, the commandments that I give you today are to be in your hearts. God wants us to, God looks at our hearts, right? The blessing of the covenant is only for those who love the Lord, those who appreciate what he has done for them. And out of this love, out of this love flows a covenantal obedience. And that is what the remnant should do. And that is what here it talks about. You know, even though you will be taken to Babylonia, I will bring you back. I will assemble you back. Surely I will gather the remnant of Israel. I will put to the put them together like a sheep to the fold. And who does he use? Right? He uses Cyrus, a Persian king, to do that and bring bring them back from exile, the return. And we will read, we will study that also in the weeks to come. But what about us? Right? There's also a remnant. Which is there which is the new testament remnant remnant which is in matthew 27 12 which talks about us being um being saved and having access to this holy god but are all of us in this church having that access do all of us know our lord jesus christ christ truly you know in, in matthew 21 it says not everyone who says to me lord lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father, he will, right? And in 23, 23, verse 23 says, Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Brothers and sisters, I want to just raise this with our entire church. You know, if you do not know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you do not have a personal relationship with Him, if you do not know, if you know, if this is all just academic, if you just know all of this in your mind, but there is no true belief, I request you to continue to seek Him, seek His face. You know, um, uh, I appreciate that you are part of the fellowship, and we want you to be. We want you to continue to seek His face. And you know, in Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, it says, "You will seek Me and find Me." When you seek me with all of your heart, when you truly seek the Lord with all of our heart, we can avoid storing up wrath in heaven, right? We have access to this holy God. We have access to this Lord Jesus. You know, in 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, He, Jesus, bore him himself up for our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Brothers and sisters, I urge each one of you to be part of this righteous remnant, you know, to understand that we can be accepted in the beloved as we accept Lord Jesus as our Savior. We'll move on to the next verse in verse 13. In verse 13, it talks about the one who breaks open will come up before them. The one who breaks open. This, uh, Micah is giving a teaser into the next section in Micah 5 when he talks about this, this eternal king. You know, in Hosea 3, 5 also it talks about this. After the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. Now to just pause here. David is not their king at the moment, right? 
this is almost i mean uh, for around 200 years uh, post david and you know david is now being called here not by himself but his his seed right that there will come someone in the line of david and and the last part to hosea 3 5 says they shall fear the lord and his goodness in the latter days this is talking about the millennium reign of christ and we we'll learn more about that in the second restoration all right <clears throat> we have come to micah chapter 3 now there are three judgments here and it's beautifully laid out in chapter 3 uh, first section is between first verse and fourth verse and this is about the leaders and the rulers of judah right the leaders are evil we already saw that right there was social oppression so here in verse 1 it says here now o heads of jacob o you rulers of the house of israel is it not for you to know justice you hate good and love evil they hate good and love evil and in the next few verses it talks about how they oppress the people and in verse 4 the lord gives his answer right then they will cry to the lord but he will not hear them that is his answer he will not hear them because they have been evil in their deeds and in the next section it talks about the prophets verse 5 to 8 and you know concerning the prophets who make people stray what are the what is the prophet's duty to bring the people closer to god but here the prophets are making them stray you know straying them away from god uh in in uh, six seven and eight talks more about them we won't get much into it but uh you know it goes on to the next part which is judgment on the people in the high places this is where we can look at it a bit you know and it talks about uh the rulers of the of the houses you know the various tribes the rulers of the tribes um there were they were heads which were doing judgments and in verse 11 it says her heads, her heads judge for a bribe they're judging for a bribe her priests teach for a pay you will tell them what to say they'll just teach teach that they don't care about what the lord has to say and prophets divine for money and all, all this is driven from by the leaders of each tribe and uh, you know the, the arrogance goes more and more strong in verse 11 it says towards the end it says is not the lord among us Chalta hai. no harm can come upon us no problem and you know god is immediate right immediately he is he, he you know you know for them what was what they they had pride in their high places they had pride in their buildings they had pride in in their leadership structure and all of that and their wealth right and god is going to bring that all down in verse 12 he says therefore because you zion shall be plowed like a field because of this what is this because of you know they have been unjust towards their people they have been trying to pluck land out of their families they have been overconfident that God is God is going to take this lightly and he won't do anything to us. And because of all this, therefore, because of you, Zion shall be plowed like a field. Jerusalem shall be a heap of ruins. And you know, this we can see in uh, in 2 Kings 25. In 2 Kings 25, the entire chapter talks about how um, the, uh, the generals of... Uh, of Nebuchadnezzar would come and destroy everything. They destroy the temple, they destroy the king's house, the leader's houses, uh, the walls of Jerusalem. They plunder the, uh, they, they in, in verse uh, nine and onwards, they will plunder the, uh, the temple itself and take things away from the temple and they will lay it bare, right? Kings is such a beautiful uh, account of all the kings, right? 
in first kings 5 solomon uh, starts to build the temple and in second kings 25 towards the end because of all the sin which is there in both these lands both the countries are destroyed and taken into exile right and in second kings 25 including the temple is destroyed right and uh, you know this 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 is the this this is the judgment on both of them and then we go to the second restoration and the second restoration has nothing to do with the impeding impeding judgment on um, on judah right but it's it just goes on a different path it talks about um, a coming king in uh, micah chapter 4 you'll see all these verses which talk about uh, they, he will be a king to many nations if you can just click one more down i don't know if yeah so you know micah just doesn't force focus on uh, judgment and restoration but you know on the prophecy of a, of a future king and restoration and you know this king would be king to many nations he would be a priest to to the to the to his people teaching them the lord's ways he'd be a prophet bringing them god's word he would be a judge a righteous judge he would be a peacekeeper you know it's it, if you look at that verse in 3 and 4 it talks about no no wars neither there will be any any need to 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 go to war right and then in 5 it, it talks about god being king right if, if you read that it says but we will walk in the name of the lord you know remember earlier they kept going to other gods and they wanted a, a king but now they 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 are ready to pro proclaim that lord our god forever and ever it talks about his eternal reign right and um, you know let's let's just go to uh, the two verses uh, which i want to concentrate on which is 5 uh, verse uh, 2 verse um, micah chapter 5 verse 2 micah chapter 5 verse 2 talks about bethlehem right but you bethlehem ephrata though you are little among the thousands of judah you know bethlehem was a very very small place insignificant place right but here uh, years decades prior to jesus's birth it is called out as the birthplace of the future ruler of israel of israel and this is important because this 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 uh, one prophecy is called out in the new testament it is called, it, it is something which uh, brings us back lord to to understand that where lord jesus was born and that he was born to the tribe of judah and you know there are various other verses we keep reading right in second samuel 7 13 uh, um, David is told that the descendant of David, one of his descendants, would become the Messiah and save the nations. In Isaiah 11, it says the shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. In Isaiah 42, 49, 50, 52, 53, we all hear about uh, the messianic songs, right? We we went through that a couple of weeks back. And you know, uh, Messiah or Christ in Greek would be the one who brings salvation to Israel. And in this, in the second part, in in uh, in the last part of that verse, it says, "Whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting." Means that he was pre-incarnate. He has been there from everlasting, and this is a holy God who will come to rule in uh, in the millennial reign. And uh, you know, uh, he will be like David, is what we keep reading, right? But he will be even greater, a marvelous king. A king full of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is, uh, the, that is what is going to be our um, our 
um, salvation. That is, that is our salvation in the future. All right, let's go to the third, uh, final one, and just take five, ten minutes more. And this is the thir third judgment on Micah. And here we'll see God is getting very personal. We see here that He's saying, uh, in verse uh, one, I plead your case before the mountains. Verse two, the Lord's complaint against His people. You know, in the first few chapters, it was this nation and these people, but here it is, verse three, oh my people. What have I done to you? And how have I wearied you? Testify to me. Testify against me. What have I done wrong? Testify against me. For I brought you up. And then in verse 4, it talks about what all the Lord has done. 4, 5, and 6, it talks about what all, what all uh, 4, 4 and 5, talks about what all the Lord has done. I brought you out of Egypt. I redeemed you. I sent you, O my people. Right? And he takes them out of, uh, through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, through against their oppressors triumph right and help them finally cross the river jordan into the land that they are possessing and what is the reply of the people can we look at the arrogant reply of the people right and you know you, you really really need to read it in that tone uh, you know when the first tone was a complete tenderness and sorrow and emotion of the lord the reply of the people in verse 6 as you see there's a change uh, in in uh, speech and uh, it's now the people saying with what shall i come before the lord and bow before the Most High God. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings? With a calf a year old? Um, you know, a calf is considered a, a good enough uh, um, sacrifice. And then they up it, they say, Or do you require a thousand rams? Ten thousand rivers of oil? Will that satisfy you? And then uh, we all know, you know, our Lord never ever requested or required a sacrifice of a child, right? That was an abomination to him. When he saw that happening in his in, in by the pagan gods, right, and in a really disgusting and revolting way, they ask the next question: Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the firstborn of my body for the sin of my soul? You know they're really arrogant, and the reply is is the final restoration. We look at in just three four verses and close, and the next and you see his reply is so so calm. He has shown you a man what is good. And what, that's in verse 8. He has shown you a man what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love him, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. That's all he requires of us, right? He wants us to show mercy and loving kindness. Brothers and sisters, are we truly understanding that, you know, just being superficially religious on the outside is enough? But we, but we really need to look at our inside. We really need to look at and understand who this God is. In verse 18, let's go to the last chapter 7, chapter 7, verse 18, 19, and 20 close. In verse 18, it says, Who is like our God? Pardoning iniquity or passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. We are the remnant of his heritage, right? We are his chosen people. And he pass over, he does pass over our transgressions. This this applies to us too. He does not retain our anger forever because he delights in mercy. He delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us, again have compassion on us. You know, many times we may slip back into sin, but our Lord God will continue to have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities. And you know, when, and this is conditional, the next part is conditional, right? When you cast all your, you, you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. 
but we need to ask for repentance you know if we have a life which is full of bitterness and sin we cannot come into his presence it is a burden to our lord there is no point of living you know after we go from here going back to our sinful life that is not what the lord wants from us he wants us to stand with him all seven days he wants us to keep that covenant promise with him all seven days and in verse 20 he talks about that covenant promise with the children of israel right and uh, it, it says towards the last part, uh, which you have sworn to our fathers from days of old, which you have sworn to our fathers of days of old. And you know, God's character comes out here as a God who is forgiving, loving, and a God who is a covenant keeping God. God what, is the co what is the covenant God has with us? And that's in 1 John 1, 12, and 12 to 13, which I want to read out to you. Yet all who receive him to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Brothers and sisters, those of you who are seeking, I request you to truly seek him. And you know, you will receive him. And he will allow you to become children of God. And you know, as being children of God, we have a right. Right? In verse 13, it says, children not born of natural descent, not of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. Born of God. And you know, that cannot be revoked. That cannot be reversed. And once we are his child, we are secure forever. And this is the assurance that we have uh, in our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll just conclude in the last slide and, you know, I just want to summarize and say, you know, just question us. You know, I want each one of us to introspect and say, is our religion superficial? Is it just intellectual or is it truly faith-based? Are we understanding the whole Shema of God? You know, that we need to love this God and walk in his ways. And, you know, eventually sin is punished. But through the Messiah, restoration is also possible. You know, those who are who are seeking the Lord, there is judgment upon you. There is judgment upon each one of us unless we accept the Lord Jesus as a Savior. And that is the hope. The hope is in Christ. And those of us who are believers, are we taking Lord's um, commandments easily? Do we think that uh, he is he is uh, he is not noticing things, but you know discipline will come. There will be correction, and on, and after that there will be restoration. So I just pray that all of us will truly understand our God is a God of judgment, yet He is a God of salvation, and He is our salvation. Shall we just close in prayer? <clears throat> Gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us a lot to come before you and and study from the book of Micah. We thank you, Lord, for teaching us, O Lord God, that you are a God who will pour out your judgment on us, O Lord, that you will punish us for our sins. There is a price to be paid. But we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have paid the price on that cross for each one of us and that we stand here, Lord, as your children, Lord, as your children. And we thank you, Lord, that we have this access to you. We pray, Lord, that as children we will be obedient, that we will understand that you are not, uh, you, you do have patience with us, Lord. You do wait on us, but you, you do that, Lord, so that we can come to a point of repentance. We pray, Lord, that each one of us will be repent, will be, will be repentful, Lord, about the sins in our lives and that we can come back to you, come back to your fold. We pray, Lord, and commit each one of us into your hands and ask for all of this in and through the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.